When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for uh, joining me this morning on this edition of Down to Earth. It's the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today, I want to talk about something empowering. Uh, a few days ago on Monday, uh, if you were, if you have seen my Monday broadcast, I delved and stayed away from the politics just a little bit. We talked about empowerment and winning, and we talked about what to do. I kind of made light of the fact that right now we're kind of in this election season. It's sort of like 12 days to go, and the whole country is really going crazy. I mean, I don't know about you, but there are so many what-if scenarios that are being played out. My nerves can't take anymore. So I thought I'd change it up this morning. And I am going to do something very different. I'm going to ask you and pose a hypothetical question to you. What if? What if? I mean, so often when we play the game of life, what we're doing is we're playing to lose. Did it ever occur to us that we just might win? So what if we win, right? There's so many, just just look at uh, this morning, I was uh, watching MSNBC, and their what if scenario is that Trump will win, right? They said he's going to get all the votes from the Electoral College because if 2016 taught us anything, is that the Electoral College is gonna vote his way. And I was like, then why why are we voting? (laughs) Why is everybody going to vote if he's gonna win? It doesn't make sense you get up and go vote. Right, because it's kind of like it's already a given if the electoral college is going to hand him over the elections, no matter what it is. And then you know they kept talking about polling, and I was just like, I am so done. I said I switched from CNN, which gives 24-hour nonstop coverage. I swear, if the president goes to sit on his gold toilet, CNN is recording every bit and every inch of it. I am sick and disgusted with them. I stopped watching CNN. I went to MSNBC looking for some levity and a break from it all. And there's the politics. And I'm like, oh, my God. So you know who has become my best friend? Lifetime. Lifetime Movie Network has become my BFF. I mean, like, uh, why not? (laughs) I'm like, I'm just chilling out from this. I'm just going to take time out. I'm literally just going to take time out and not pay attention to anything else because I don't know about you. Aren't you tired of it though? I mean, like every scenario, but you know, this morning when I was watching it on on MSNBC, I had to say to myself, but what if, what if they win? I had to ask myself, I said, you're playing as if this is a given and that the electoral college is going to hand it to this man. I said, but what if the other side wins? We don't know how it's going to turn out. With all the stuff that has happened in 2020, 2020, it's double-digit year, I suppose. So I suppose everything that happened was double-digit. Everything that happened was just double the the pleasure, double the violence, double the pandemic, (laughs) double the suffering, double the job loss, double the business loss. It wasn't enough to just lose your job. You had to lose your home on top of it. 
It wasn't enough to just lose your job. You lost your family member, lost your home, lost everything, right? That was just 2020. It was just freaky. I mean, if it could go wrong, it went wrong in 2020. Climate change reared up its ugly head to remind us that it is in control and remind us that we actually have politicians who don't believe in science. So good, good luck to us, right? So I, I, all I could say was I'm glad I lived in Michigan. Then I discovered that we're not so lucky because when I looked at our weather patterns over time, that changed too as a result of climate change. We had the hottest summer on record this past summer in Michigan that I had to stay. If you look at my face, you see these sunspots around here? I wore a hat most of the summer, all of summer actually, that covered my forehead. But I'm driving and apparently these parts of my cheeks are exposed to the sun. So I didn't escape climate change and the effects and the ravages that it imposed on my body. And I was like, my arm, this arm that is always the arm, you know, your driver's arm, the driver's arm, this arm is, is, is so brown and not brown from tanning. It has the, the same things that you see on my face, on my, on my arm. And I said to myself, at some point going through the summer, I said to myself, you know, I need to get back to wearing covering over my arms, but it's summer. I wanted to be free and to be free indeed. Yeah, it didn't work too well. So, so when you look at all that, so 2020 has just been a blow by blow, double digit, double the trouble, double everything account. If it could go wrong, it went wrong. People found that multiple generations of families had to live in the same house, so people were just hurting one another. Then you had nowhere else to go. You had to stay home with your abuser. Children disappeared all over the place. More missing children. Uh, children are running away from home because they can't stand living with their abuser. Oh, my God. 2020 is the year of double digits. I just wanted to fly past. I I'm like you. I want Halloween to come. And I want to have fun for Halloween. So I'm getting my costume. Mm -hmm. And I think we should all, for just one day, before it all goes slack-ass crazy, let, let, let's just have a little fun. I kid you not. I, I've been having nightmares. Every night is nightmares. I'm having nightmares about all kinds of things that could go wrong. Last night, I had a nightmare that the power grid went out on election day. Oh, my God. There was chaos everywhere. It's too much for me. <laughs> My nerves are, are kind of like just shot right now with the fact of everything that could go wrong. And here I am saying, but what if? What if you go through all of that because you're going to win? Much like in life, I suppose. I mean, most of us have been beset with some sort of adversity, right? My daughter and I were talking this morning about uh, how older children or firstborn children end up having more responsibility, end up actually being more responsible. And I said to her, it's not a coincidence that older firstborn children end up becoming world leaders and eventually become world leaders. I said, it's not a coincidence that that happens. I said, the current president is not a firstborn child. I can tell because he whines too much. He's always complaining. He reminds me of my youngest daughter. She whines and complains. Nothing is ever perfect. Nothing ever suits her. Everything must go her way. And if it doesn't go her way, it's just a whole hit of it. I mean, if she shows up, if she comes home one night and I don't greet her well, and I'm like, but you were gone all bloody day long. Did you think that maybe, you know what I mean? So, so when you look at that, you have to, you have to, you know, you ask yourself, wow, 
maybe I should play to win. I said, did it ever occur to you that the reason you were born first is that you were created to win? You can, you know, so many of us, we go through life and we make a list of all the things that have gone wrong. My dear, join the club. If you and I were to sit down and compare notes about all the things that have gone wrong because of life, I tell you, I think I would be the winner. Seriously. But it never occurred to me that at some point during that process, I was going to win. There was a time when the adversity had just started. I was confident that I would overcome. I was confident that I would arrive at my destination. I was confident that these things were examples and they were just developing my core and my character. In fact, I viewed them as a challenge. But that's youth and the invincibility of youth, isn't it? Yeah. So you feel like um, challenges there are and hardships there are, but you can make it. But as I got older, I found that I desired a more stable life. I wanted a life without instability. I wanted a life that was fairly predictable. And so what I determined to do was I started to look for ways in which I could cope better. Then I told myself I wasn't coping better. I had to find better coping mechanisms to cope with the stuff of life. There were some things that happened that I thought were just flat out unfair. To this day, I still have issues with some of those things. I thought it was just flat out unfair. But it came to, I came to realize after a while that, you know, you really don't have as much control over it. And since it already happened and it is in the past, I can't control what happened in the past. But I do have to make a determination. How am I going to let that influence the future? Am I going to sit down and cry about it and look miserable and be down in the dumps so that I end up in clinical depression? Or am I going to get up and kick some butt nonetheless? So I said, well, let me look back into my life and see how I used to survive stuff when I was younger. You know, when I was a teenager, when I was in my 20s. And I said, well, I better pull those lessons and pull them forward. The great thing is now I have the benefit of wisdom and experience. So I look at them through a different kind of lens. So you have to ask yourself, what am I going to do with all the stuff that has happened? Am I going to play to win? Well, you have to. Do you have a choice? What if you just sit back and you just allow these things? It, 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 it's much in the same way I view uh, these young white men who have all the privilege that the American society has afforded them. But instead of using that privilege to make themselves rich and successful, so they end up like the guys who discovered Snapchat, who are now $2.3 billion richer, and they're just standing there looking all geeked up, like, (laughs) right? Instead of doing that, they choose to pick up guns and go in the wilderness and to use those guns to come and shoot people knowing knowing that they're likely to get a prison term more than they're likely to be successful in their plot. Do you see what I'm saying? So you have to ask yourself, what is going on in our mindsets? What triggers are there in our environments or in our minds that make us not play to win? Well, social scientists will tell you that some of us play a game of self-sabotage when we, you know, we sabotage ourselves in various ways. We don't play to win. We do things that rob us of the joy of living. But my thing is, 
if we're playing this game, because what you realize after a while is from the minute you're born and you are picked out or pulled or cut out of your mother's womb, one of the things that becomes really evident is you don't have a choice after that. What, you, what becomes real clear is that at some point you got to get this thing together because you have to win. As I look around me, what motivates me more and more every day is I see people whom I consider who are winning. And when I look at them, I don't sit back and say, gee, wow, look at them. They're winning. I said, now, what, what are they doing different than what I'm doing? How come they're winning and I'm not? What is it that they know that I don't know? Then I go www.google.com to find out what is it that I need to do differently. I kid you not. It, so I have found that there are certain character traits that are inherent in our makeup that propel us forward and motivate us to win. But what if you don't have that? I'm glad you asked. Then you have to cultivate it. Come to my master class. It's $59.99 per hour per class, right? You get 40 minutes FaceTime with me in learning how to develop your own inner bull, you know, your own inner kick, right? But we've got to get to the stage, though, where we recognize that we can play to win. I mean, I don't know. I mean, people just seem to get up every day and they just keep going and going. But after a while, that gets old. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine that I were born and the same way that I was born is the same way that I live now. That drives me nuts. That would give me nightmares, wouldn't it? I look over my life now and I'm saying to myself, what if I had never done the things that I have done? I knew I had a, I had a desire and I had a dream that I would publish books and write books and that I would be speaking on stages and be on radio and television. And I kid you not. In some of the darkest moments of my life, it was those accomplishments that got me out of the rut. I have to give thanks for having done those because if I had never done them, I wouldn't be here today. My life would be filled with a rubbish heap. It would be a garbage heap. It would be a heap of what if I had, uh, what if, what if, what if. I don't want to discover that I get on the other side of history and I find out that what I failed to do because I was nervous or unsure to take a risk that I ended up, I could have been better. I don't want to find that out. I never want to find that out. So everything that comes to me to do, I find a way to do it. Even if I fail once or I fail twice, I don't even care how many times I fail. I have found that there is real joy in living in the moment and joy in pursuing it nonetheless. Three years ago, I had already had an idea from 2013 to set up a foundation to provide a shelter to victims of violence, especially women and children. And at the time, I had not a dime. <laughs> I couldn't even get it incorporated, <laughs> right? And so I started thinking of ways in which to get it done. And finally, it was a drumbeat, so I did it. And then... I started to work now towards getting the shelter. And I was like, dang, I don't even have the money, but I'm going to write grants and I'm going to believe anyway, believe God anyway, that I'll get it done. And I'm going to employ positive thinking. And you should have seen my circumstances at the time. Dude, I was living in my mother's house because by now mom was sick and I had to move in to help her. 
I was surrounded by people who hated my very being. They hated my guts. My mother's children, they went on a rampage. But I kept telling myself, this is not the end. They're going to show you some bad things, but you can't let it tear you down. In fact, what it did was it made me rise up even more. So fast forward, mom died. She left me a little something. I used that little something to go invest in a facility to start a shelter. And people are standing there looking at me like, these are folks who have their full-time job, get a paycheck every two weeks, and they're standing there looking at me, and I'm looking at them like, what? You know what that is? To me, that was the best thing I've ever done. I provided shelter to people who could not help themselves, taught them life skills, taught them how to cope, how to overcome, and so on. About less than six months later, when things started to fall apart financially, I couldn't get funding. You know, there was a time when for a while there, things were very dark and I didn't feel the impetus and I was really in a very bad place. I was mourning the death of my mother and I'm unaware that that was a big part of it. And I was also mourning, um, you know, midlife and all kinds of questions come over you. And it occurred to me that, you know, you need to take a bigger look, a bigger picture look. It was the hardest thing to do because I was mirrored in the fact that all I was looking at was right in front of me. I forgot to take the big picture look. And I, it was something I had learned years ago to do. When life gets you down, surround yourself with your accomplishments. It will make you feel better. When everybody's tearing you down, when everybody's telling you you can't make it, you can't do it, you can't do anything, surround yourself with your accomplishments. All I can tell you, everybody, is that make sure your life is filled with something to do. Live a purpose-filled life every day. Every day that you wake up must have a purpose. You must have a calendar. I know in today's world we have digital calendars, and they work effectively for some of us. We attach them to our emails so we can attach notes. For me, old-fashioned writing stuff down works. I use both. I use a digital calendar as well as a, as a handwritten calendar. Write your stuff down and fill your days with things to do. Even if you have a doctoral degree, how about going to study something else? It doesn't have to be another full degree program. It could just be a, a certificate course. Even if you have a bachelor's degree, maybe you don't need to get a master's, but you can do a certificate course in something. Fill your life with learning something new and doing something. Volunteering somewhere, because what if you win? And still have your long-term goals. I know that if your dreams are so big that they intimidate you, that's good. That means you will do them. Because if you just have a dream to just go to college, okay, uh, it's, it's a matter of applying and acceptance and admission, right? You might have barriers to going to college. Your records were lost. Your grade point average was lower. But those are not insurmountable battles. Those are battles that you can get around. Sometimes it takes more because it's in our mindset. Maybe we didn't go to college because somebody told you you weren't good enough, you weren't smart enough. Maybe you didn't go to college because at the time your parents couldn't afford it. And then over time, you couldn't afford to do it because you were raising children yourself and getting married and so on. You did never confess that it made you feel bad, that you never had a degree that you felt with validation and affirmation. So you stayed away from a whole group of friends because they all went to college and you didn't and you felt like the loser. 
you were the one with the blue color job. They were the ones with the white color job. So you always felt like you were the outsider, especially if it happens in families. I get that. I get that real well. But here I am telling you, still live your life filled with purpose. You can still be self-actualized. My greatest accomplishment was setting up the shelter so that I could provide housing and take people off the street who could not help themselves. That to me was the epitome of being human, that at least I was being human then, right? The self-actualization for me was that. I didn't need you to give me $5 million or $20 million or $50 million to make it. I was just glad <laughs> with what I had done, right? So you must have a purpose and have a plan for your life and play to win. Understand that winning is strategic. We don't just wake up and win from the get-go. I know it looks easy. Donald Trump makes it look easy, and, and, and everybody is looking at Donald Trump like, man, I want to be like him. You know, I just want to have money like him. Donald Trump never, this is why he has lost everything he has. He never valued it. He had to work for it. He never had to earn it. It was just given to him, and he's a colossal mistake. But he, what he has done is used his charm to cover his mistakes over time. But think about it. Donald Trump could have been a billionaire for real with what had been left to him, but that wasn't, he wasn't driven by that. All that he needed to do every day was to open his mouth and be on The Apprentice. That's really where he made his money because the money that his father gave him, he lost it. He turned it over. So people are looking at him and saying, I want to wish I were like him. I wish I were like him. No, you don't wish you were like him. 19 women accusing you of sexual, of sexual misbehavior is not cool. If it were you, you don't have jack money. You would have been in jail from the first accusation was leveled at you. You see what I mean? So you don't want to be. In other words, what I'm saying is walk in your own name. Don't try to be like Donald Trump or Mark Zuckerberg. So many people say, well, I can't be bothered because I'll never be a Steve Jobs. I'll never be a Bill Gates. I'll never be a Mark Zuckerberg. No, we don't need, you don't need to be that. And frankly, I don't know that you would put up with what they put up with in order to make it. Would you have put up with what happened with Steve Jobs? Would you have put up with what happened to Bill Gates? Bill Gates dropped out of college because he felt that he would have achieved more working on the programs he had been working on. But have you ever read his story? He's been working on that project since he was eight years old. He didn't become a billionaire at 26 overnight. He became a billionaire at 26 because he had been working on it from he was eight. Hello, somebody. And here you are. You just get up and try for two, three years and ready to throw in the towel and call it quits. No. Life is for the living. And playing to win is the ultimate way to play the game. It doesn't matter if, because you will say, well, you know, this could kill me. I could, at least you'll die trying. You know what they're going to say about you at that point? All your life, you tried to be better than your circumstances. That's a much better way than saying, man, he gave up, started drinking, uh, started doing drugs, and called it quits. Play to win. And you have to ask yourself, with all the scenarios that are playing around, with all the stuff that could go wrong, have you ever asked yourself the question, what if I win? Have you ever asked yourself, what if I win? You have to be so loaded and so filled with optimism 
and so filled and so positive and so confident that you're going to win, that it never enters your mind that anything else could happen. I kid you not. You've heard me say, the one thing I never planned for was that I would fail. The one thing I never planned for was that I would never would not have achieved what I set out to achieve in the time frame that I set out. I pro, I didn't plan for that. I was pretty sure if I did it this way, if I did the right things, the right time, blah blah blah, that I would have made it successfully. That is made it with with a lot of money in the bank, which is what America describes as success. You could be a pedophile as long as you have money in America, you're still considered successful. Look at Jeffrey Epstein. He was a complete pedophile, a complete creep. He forced young girls to have sex with old men and got paid for it. But people considered him successful because he had money. Look at Rudy Giuliani, caught in a room with a, with a 15-year-old girl with his pants down, with him fondling his genitals. And yes, we still consider him successful. Look at Jeffrey Tubin, a respected legal analyst who is a former federal prosecutor, Right? He was caught on camera fondling his genitals and having an orgasm. <laughs> Nobody is calling him out. They're still saying, well, look at the worth of the man. Let a woman be on camera having, an, having a masturbating and, and having an orgasm and see what would happen to her. Her career would be over. She would be fired. Nobody would talk to her. She would be done. She would be a pariah. Two, two, two different sets of rules for different people. If in America, you kill someone, if you have money, chances are you'll get away with it. If you kill someone in America and you have no money, you're going to jail. Matter of fact, let me make it simpler for you. If in America, if they pull you over and you have money, you can walk away. If they pull you over and they find weed in your car, if you have money, you're gone. So have a good night, sir. If you have no money, you're gone to jail to do time, not jail, prison to do time for less than a gram of weed. I kid you not. The society is not stacked. Yes, I know that. But at the same time, find what winning means for you. Obviously, all of us are not going to become billionaires. So at what point is it going to be self-actualized for you? At what, what you have to still, in spite of that, even if you feel like you're never going to be a billionaire or you're not going to win, Still play to win. Why? It keeps you. Why? It may keeps you youthful. It keeps diseases and sickness away. If you feed yourself on a diet of always complaining, always crying, always, oh, it sucks, always, after a while, that's exactly what you're going to manifest. You're going to look like it. You're going to sound like it. And you're going to feel like it. And you're going to show it. And you're going to act it. A few days ago, my daughter told me a story of what happened to her at work. And this woman came in, one of her clients. The story brought me to tears. It humbled me. And she present, when she presented her identification document, my daughter looked at it and said, oh, what a pretty picture. And the woman said, I don't feel like that person anymore. So when she looked up at her, she realized that this was a person in crisis. So the woman said, oh, I've been, she's been diagnosed clinically depressed for so many years. You know, she and I are the same age, the woman. My daughter said it humbled her. Why? Because this lady apparently had imbibed that her condition 
predisposed what she should look like and what she should be like. So she started buying into the diatribe that nobody will ever want me. I never do anything. I'm clinically depressed. I never get out of it. And then she arrives in her 50s looking like the world had just run a map over her, like a Mack truck had just run over her. Meanwhile, my daughter says at the back of her mind, is the image of me, her mother, doing shavasana every morning, eating, drinking, you know, drinking water every day, and, oh, just fill our bodies with pure stuff. And she said, Mom, it was such a contrast. She said, I came face-to-face with what clinical depression looks like. What I'm saying to you is this. We all have had our moments. Depression, and then there is clinical depression. Bad things happen to us that cause us to feel human. It's your humanity. You feel compassion. You feel guilt. You feel bad. You feel as if you can't make it. That's normal. But the thing to do is not to build a monument to that and stay there. You have to get up out of it and make it better. Not for anyone else. Do it just for you. If you build a monument to it and you end up being clinically depressed, one of the things we're finding and psychiatrists and the pill industry is coming to grips with is that you just don't come out of it. You realize that? Once you go down so deep and so far, you can't come back out of it. So you can't afford to go that deep. So find ways to cope. Some people use drugs. Some people use drink. Some of us just go good old-fashioned shopping. The mall's closed, but there's online shopping. I ain't kidding you. Amazon is a good starting point. And all the other stores have an online portal. You know, the credit card on your fingers, they can do the walking for you. I'm saying find what works for you. This is why I believe in having eliminating negativity out of your environment. If you have to live with people who are constantly quarreling, constantly finding fault, they're never grateful for where they are. Good Lord, I remember that was my mom and her husband. I used to ask mom, I said, aren't you grateful that you have your own home? And I said, do you know how many people your age don't have a home, mom? And they have to live in rented facilities and they're on Social Security. And you at your grand age of 68, 69, and 70, still get up and go to work every day. Some of these people haven't worked since they were 45. And she never saw it that way. I said, you you go on vacation twice a year. (laughs) Some people have never been on vacation, right? And I guess she never saw it from that point of view. I said, every day that I come to your house, you have a pot on the stove or pots in the fridge filled with food. You throw out more food than a restaurant, than a commercial restaurant. It's a shame. But she never saw it that way. You know what happened to her? She had an idea in her mind of what her life should look like. And because it never got to that point, it never occurred to her that you that she could be happy where she is. I am not saying that you settle. I am saying that you come to a point where you say to yourself, while I am not where I am, I am going to still work towards it. And in the meantime, I'm going to give thanks and be grateful for where that I can sleep, I can walk, I can talk. It's going to eliminate a lot of the problems we have. High blood pressure is real because we sit down at night worrying 
about what could have been. High blood pressure happens because we worry instead of sleeping. Living witness right here. I don't have high blood pressure by the mercies of God. Spend too many nights worrying about the outcome of situations that I have no control over. I can't stop people from doing what they're going to do. I can't stop people from thinking what they're going to think. I can't stop certain situations. Instead of going to my bed and just have a hot dog sleep, I'm up all night worrying. High blood pressure is real. High blood pressure causes your body, your cells not to work properly. Before you know it, you have diabetes. You can't process what you eat. Your kidneys are not producing enough insulin, so you can't break the food down properly. And diabetes is the roadway. It's strictly a roadmap to everything else that could go wrong. The worst medication they can give you is one for diabetes and high blood pressure. It just opens the door for you to get just within five years, you have cancer, and then within seven to eight years, you're dead. You can't afford to get that way. You can't afford to drink because drinking destroys your liver. You can't afford to think negative thoughts because it will do what? Make you not sleep at night, which gives you high blood pressure, which then gives you diabetes. And before you know it, you're in a downward spiral. You see now why you call some people hippie? I'm living like a hippie right now in my mindset. Yeah, I have, because you get to a stage in life where everything that life could throw at me was thrown at me, including the kitchen sink and some, the refrigerator and the stove too. Hey, just throw everything in if they can, right? And after a while, I had to come to terms and said, oh my God, I'm not living the way that I want to, but while I have life, I have hope. Say that. While I have life, I have hope. Hope is a powerful thing. Hope will wake you up in the morning and give you enough strength for the day. We need to get back to the stage where we learn to live one day at a time, one step at a time. 12 days out from the elections, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to think about the outcome. I'm not going to do role plays. I'm not going to do what if scenarios. I'm going to live just for today. They just ran through a woman onto the Supreme Court who is an unqualified candidate. There are so many other people around the country who are Republican who are way more qualified to do it, but they ran through somebody just because they want to. I'm not going to worry about that. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you something that will help you. I have lived long enough to see how the tables can turn. What if the tables turn in my direction? What if it turns in my favor? How could you be robbing yourself of life? What if it happens exactly the way you do it? What if it did? Okay, so you're going to say, but it never happened. Okay, but life isn't done yet. We can have that conversation after you die. After you die, then we can say, well, it wasn't meant for you. It didn't happen for you then, but life goes on. Do you see what I'm saying? As long as you live and breathe, you have hope. You went to the doctor and they told you there's something, they see a mass on your lung. You need to ask them, what does that mean? What kind of mass? So you have a couple of choices. Am I going to, how am I going to look at this? Because inevitably with those kinds of terminal illnesses come a mindset and it comes with depression because you, it's like you say, my body failed me. That's how you feel. God failed me. The universe failed me. My body failed me. But how you deal with it is going to help your survivors to cope. I looked at my mother. I, I tell you a story. When mom was dying, I remember one morning uh, we were getting ready to go to church. And she couldn't go. 
because she was too weak to walk out to the car, right? And she couldn't go to church, but she was getting her grandson ready to go to church. And when I was leaving, I said, Mom, I'm going to church to praise God for you and I, and I will be right back. And she said, okay. She said, okay, that she would never get dressed to go to church. And she internalized it. She was crying. She was weeping because suddenly life mattered to her. When they told her that she only had four weeks left, she said, why? Why me? She said, I have a lot of life. You know how old mom was? Mom was 71. I kid you not. So it's not like she was 34 or 35. She was 71. She said, I have a lot of life left. I have a lot of things that I haven't gotten a chance to do. I have more things to do. And this was me. Mom, it's 71. It's three score and 10 plus one. And she's like, so I have life to live, but there are things I want to do for myself. It was a lesson learned for me. I got out of that hospital room that day and I said, you know what? I'm going to live every day and I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. But it taught me something else. You can't quit. You can't give up. Imagine that you need to live a life that you arrive at 71 saying what? I have a lot of life left. I have a lot of things that I have left to do. It was an echo of something I used to say all those years when people wrote me off. They told me I would never make it. I would never survive abuse. I would be emotionally jacked up. In fact, statistically speaking, they told me I shouldn't be in my right mind. I kid you not. They told me that. Matter of fact, three years ago when my mother died, the therapist told me that I would never get over it. I'm still here. It sounded like she thought I was going to expire in six months. I kid you not, I fired her. I said, I'm not coming back to see you. You're fired. I said, how many clients do you have? <laughs> right. <laughs> but it, because, and I said, she doesn't know me. I said, I'm the ultimate icon of survivability. I wake up and power myself up. How dare her tell me that I never get over that? Nobody gets over their parents' death. Nobody gets over the loss of a spouse or the loss of a child. You don't get over it. Getting over it would say that you just live like it never happened. No, you never forget. What you do as the champions that we are born to be is you learn to live with it. And that is exactly what I'm saying. I had to come to a place in my mind, in my life, where I accepted that the bad things that happened to me happened. And there was nothing that I could do to rewind the clock or reset the clock or I couldn't pretend that they didn't happen. They had already happened. But what I could do was determine, am I going to let those circumstances win me, win by me becoming depressed, by me becoming a loser, by me just sitting there and letting it rub all over me and wash all over me? I had a choice to make. I said, Harriet, what do you want to do? Do you want to live? Do you want your book of days to close with you living curled up in a ball? I said, is that how you were born? I said, no, no. All my life, I have strode onto the stage of life. My friends, that is how we live. you got to play to win. If they're doing what-if scenarios, and there are going to be plenty of that for the next 12 days, well, here's your, your, your prescription for living today. Just for today, you are going to play to win. Just for today, you're not going to think about tomorrow. You're not going to think... Today is the debate, right? The presidential debate. 
I noticed I went silent on that because that's going to be the biggest joke tonight. We're, we're going to be on Twitter roasting people because it's going to be hilarious. It's bound to leave, give us some moments of levity. <laughs> and while you're on Twitter, just go buy some costumes and go buy my book through the fire, right? And you have to look at yourself and tell yourself, just for today, I'm going to live. I remember when I was going through abuse and my ex-husband's uh, whole game plan, the entire reason for him living was to kill me. He just wasn't brave enough to do it. He just couldn't bring himself to do it, to justify his reason for it. He was so angry, so filled with hate. Where it came from, I wasn't the originator of his hate. He just was. He just couldn't kill me. But that was what he intended to do. He intended to cut me off from humanity, cut me off from contact. He, he, he thought he was going to beat my face to a pulp so I was unrecognizable, so nobody would ever want me because I would be ugly. I kid you not. I kid you not. And I remember I had to tell myself I will live again. I will get out of this. I will walk out of this. And I made sure that when I did, I lived purposely and purposely. I have had setbacks over the years like you wouldn't believe. People have walked my life. After a while, I started wondering if, you know, I have this big revolving door thingy on my face because people just walked right in and out of my life. But guess what I discovered? That some people are here for a season and a reason. And if they're here for a reason, then I need to figure out what that reason is, learn the lesson and cut the ties and move on. And if they're here for a season, well, their time is up. My train of life has to keep chugging to my destination. And some people get on and some people get off. Some people stay on for more than one stop, two stops, three stops. Some people are lifetime. The trick is to figure out when they do get on your, your train, where are they going to be? That's the trick. Once you discover what they're there for, then you act accordingly. It's a blessing for some of us to find a partner in life who is your life partner. It's a blessing. You meet them, you fall in love, and you stay together for over 30 years until something separates you. And then for some of us, it's the second time around or the third time around or the fourth time around. Whatever it is, deal with it. For some people, you wake up and you find yourself, you're 60, and you're like, oh, my God, I haven't done anything. Start. Do something. Figure out what you want to do. Go back to school. Go online, and online schooling is available. Explore what your options are. Pace yourself. At this point, it's not about a mad rush to the finish line. At this point, it's about learning the lessons as you go along. It gives you purpose. What are you going to do today? Instead of aimlessly wandering through life, you're like, well, I have this course then, this class that I have to attend. You ever notice that people who seem to have a purpose with life are always fired up and sometimes they seem to live longer and they're always fired up and, and you're attracted to them because their positive energy and their rays of energy pull you in. Those people have found a prescription for living. And they have found within that prescription that I must have a purpose to my life and I got to play to win. Winning takes different forms. Winning, don't compare yourself to someone else. Because you might be looking at Donald Trump or people like him and saying, well, look at how they win. But that's them. You don't want to walk in that lane, trust me. You don't know what goes on in that lane. You have a bird's eye view. If what you're seeing right now is just the scandals emanating from Donald Trump's life, 
Can you imagine what it's really like to be within that bubble? If all you're seeing is just this, imagine what the reality is inside there. You don't want that. Ask yourself, what is my lane? What is my truth? What is my goal? What am I here to do? When you start asking yourself that, you will find your purpose for living. My daughter tells me that in the mornings when I come downstairs to go, you know, when you go downstairs in the mornings to get dressed, she's like, Mom, it's like the joy of youth resuscitates you overnight. Your skin is glowing. And I'm like, yeah, because I wake up with purpose. I realize I have some things to do today that I must do. Here, what are you doing today? Here's my list of, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? I said, that's what keeps me going. It is my way of surviving the trauma that I have lived through. Yes, there was trauma. Oh, my God. Some days I could barely open my eyes and keep focus. But I made it. Thank God, by the grace of God and the everlasting grace of Jesus Christ brought me this far. I know that can too. I know if you believe strongly and believe in yourself and ask God to give you a template for your life, you can find yourself in your template. Go in your template, look you up, look at where you started and look at where you want to end. Because one thing I've discovered about life, it doesn't matter how you start. What matters is how you finish. So you could have started poor up in Appalachia. You could have started in a Somalian refugee camp. You could still become a United States Congresswoman. You could have started with grandparents who still live in Palestine and occupied ter- territory, but you are a United States Congresswoman. You could be like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, whose mother was a maid to the wealthy, but she is today a United States Congresswoman. It does not matter how you start. What matters is how you finish. Play to win. What if? But what if you win? My name is Harriet Kamek. Thank you so much for joining me on this, the 22nd day of October 2020. Play to win. And just ask yourself, what if you win? Go to my website, harrietkamek.com. Well, let's visit my pages on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever there's a podcast platform, we are there. Thanks so much, everybody. Be blessed. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.